The reaction can be mild tingling, or it could be life-threatening. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital. I'm Stephen Clark. A food allergy is an immune system reaction that occurs after eating a certain food. Even a tiny amount of the allergy-causing food can trigger digestive problems, hives, or swollen airways. In some people, a food allergy can cause a life-threatening reaction known as anaphylaxis. With us today to discuss food allergies is Dr. Allison Smith, an allergist at SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Smith. Hi, thanks for having me back. Now, again, you're also a pediatrician. Do you find that at least most children outgrow their food allergies over time? You know, the majority of kids will outgrow food allergies. The most common in little kids are things like milk, egg, wheat, soy, um, and generally they will outgrow those. Um, As they get older, they can develop peanut allergy, tree nuts, fish, and shellfish, and unfortunately, most of those will not outgrow the allergy. Now, a food allergy is different than a food intolerance, right? Yes. So a lot of people will think that they have a food allergy, but in actuality, about 3 to 4% of adults will have f- true food allergies, and about 6 to 8% of children will have true food allergies. So a lot of people will think things like lactose intolerance, where maybe they get diarrhea or distension when they drink milk, they think of that as a food allergy. But when we're talking about food allergies, we're talking about an abnormal immune response to a food. And can it become progressively worse over time? Absolutely. It's You know, sometimes you could have a really mild reaction, maybe a little itching with some food or a little bit of rash, and then the next time you could develop anaphylaxis. And um, that's where it's scary because we don't know what the next reaction is going to be. Why don't you describe what anaphylaxis is? So, uh, you know, there's different criteria for anaphylaxis, but the most common one that I like to use is um, any two systems are involved. So if you have, let's say, skin involvement where you have hives or swelling, and then you have any respiratory involvement, let's say a, a dry cough or wheezing or shortness of breath, that would be anaphylaxis. We're also looking at systems like the GI system. So if you're having abdominal pain, vomiting, diarrhea, that would be another system. Okay, now anaphylaxis is where you use the EpiPen? Yes. And if it really happens, if it's if it's really bad? Yeah, so we recommend that anyone who has a food allergy that they carry an EpiPen um, when they might be exposed to food. So they should have them in schools, they should have them at home, they should have them on them if they're going to go anywhere where there is food. Um, and so we recommend using the EpiPen if there are any signs of a really serious allergic reaction. And it's a really easy thing to use. People are very scared to use EpiPens, but it's life-saving. And it's just something that it's a needle that um, you press into your leg. It's an auto-injector. And then after you use it, you have to go to the emergency room. Do you have kids using it too? Yeah, so there's different dosages for EpiPen. We have EpiPens for kids um, because it's weight-based, and we have EpiPens for adults. Now, I'm guessing you don't test for a food allergy until there's an episode, right? Yeah, so, you know, the problem with skin and blood testing for allergies is that there is a high false positive rate. So we only recommend testing for foods if... Um, there's a concern that that food might be causing a reaction. So, um, you know, the gold standard for testing is a food challenge. So if you're eating something right now and you're fine eating it, then you're not allergic to it. So the, um, but we do do testing specifically for foods that we're concerned about. What does the testing entail? So there's different ways to do testing. The ones we do commonly in the office are skin testing. And it's, you know, similar to testing we do for other allergies like uh, pollen allergies. It's very easy. We just press 
something onto the top of the skin. It leaves a little drop of liquid and a very small amount is um, injected into the skin. And then you wait 15 minutes and if you get a little itchy bump or hive, that tells us that you're sensitized to it. Again, it doesn't tell us if you're truly going to have a reaction, but it will tell us if you have those allergic antibodies in your body. And the blood testing is very similar. We're looking for specific uh, reactions from your body in the blood. So you can, you can uh, diagnose a specific food allergy relatively quickly, right? Yes. From the so, time they come in. Exactly. So if, um, as long as they're not on allergy medicine or there's no reason why they can't have skin testing done, we can tell in about 15 minutes if they have allergic antibodies in their body to that food. Are food allergies genetic? So, you know, it's multifactorial, you know, definitely if you have a genetic predisposition to become an allergic person, um, let's say your family has asthma and eczema and, and other allergies, then you are at a higher risk of developing a food allergy. But just because mom has a shellfish allergy doesn't mean that she passes that shellfish allergy on to her child. Are food allergies seasonal? Or are they constant throughout the course of the year? So they're constant throughout the year. You know, it, that kind of brings up oral allergy syndrome, which I think is a really interesting um, phenomenon. And that's where when you have certain pollen allergies, such as, you know, spring tree allergy, when you bite into certain fruits or vegetables, particularly from things that come from trees, sometimes you might have a localized reaction in your mouth. And this is actually really common. And sometimes you might notice it more during the season. The most common thing we'll see is people with a birch tree allergy, which is a spring allergy. When they bite into pitted fruits, particularly apples or things like peaches, pears, cherries, they might feel some itching in their mouth, maybe a little funniness in their throat, and it, it feels like a true food allergy. But it's actually considered oral allergy syndrome where it's because your body, when you bite into the fruit, your body thinks you're biting into the pollen. And it's generally not dangerous and you don't need an EpiPen. And if you cook the food just a little bit, the reaction goes away. I know there was a, an old movie I once saw about somebody, a woman who had a, an allergy to shellfish. And I guess she decided she was going to go for broke, and she ate like a, a four-pound lobster, and as a result, had hives, you know, from all over her body. Does it matter how much of the food you eat if you're allergic to a certain type of food? You know, it really depends on the person. So, um, you know, some people, if they eat a very small amount or it's cooked in a certain way, they're okay. But, you know, they only have a reaction if they eat a ton of it. But, you know, the other person you meet might react to a very small amount. And, that, and that's the concerning part where we really don't know how much it's going to take for you to have a really bad reaction. And we don't know when you might anaphylax. And so that's why it's really recommended to avoid the food if you're allergic to it. How do you know it's not the seasoning or the way the food's prepared? Could that have an effect as well? Yeah, you know, seasoning allergies, and people are always asking about artificial colors and preservatives. It's the uh, it's actually pretty uncommon to react to those. It's not that it doesn't happen. So when I take a history of a patient, when um, they're telling me about the food, I do think about the most common things. So if the food contains shellfish, fish, nuts, peanuts, or seeds, the most likely thing is going to be those foods. Um, but if they're reacting to a bunch of different foods and the one common ingredient is a certain type of seasoning, then it most likely is the seasoning. I know one person in particular who has a terrible, terrible allergy, a food allergy to eggplant. And she can literally walk into a room where someone ordered a, an eggplant pizza down the hall and it will affect her to the point that she has to go to the emergency room. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting because um, a lot of people will say that if they're just around the food or they smell it, they've done studies where you really shouldn't react just from smelling the food. The issue is if it is cooked or aerosolized, so if you're in a restaurant where they're frying or let's say boiling shellfish and it's getting into the air, there are small amounts of particles that you could inhale and that could cause either asthma or maybe some itching. Uh, you know, a lot of times uh, we do think that maybe there is some anxiety or stress involved. So if someone's, you see someone eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich across the room and you start get feeling really itchy, that's probably a, a little bit more anxiety. If you're allergic to one food, is it likely you're going to be allergic down the road to other foods as well? Is there any connection to that? You will, you know, um, if you do have a, a risk of food allergy, you're at a higher risk of developing other food allergies than someone who's not allergic. There are times when if you react to one food in a certain group, let's say shrimp, you could react to other shellfish. Or if you're allergic to one nut, you could react to other types of nuts. Again, I think we may have touched on this briefly before, but you have somebody, an adult who's 45, 50, 55, 60, without any history of food allergies, bang, they can still get a food allergy, right? Yeah, unfortunately, it's just that, you know, uh, like seasonal allergies, you could be fine for years and then develop, something happens with your immune system and you develop that allergy. What's really interesting around the Bronx is I see a lot of shrimp allergy. And when I first started here, I couldn't quite figure out why everyone was developing a shrimp allergy versus other types of food allergies. And um, when I did a little more research, and we actually did a, a little research study here, we found out that what you're allergic to in shrimp is the same thing you're allergic to in cockroaches and dust mites. And we all know in the Bronx, we have a lot of cockroaches and dust mites. And the thought is that people are becoming sensitized to the cockroach and dust mite. And then over time, when they start to, you know, they continue to eat shrimp, their body sees that shrimp as foreign, as almost as if they're ingesting cockroaches or dust mites. So I think things like that can really start to trigger food allergy symptoms in older adults. That's interesting. So environment can impact on your allergies exactly. over a period of time. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend that people who have allergies wear bracelets or something that may indicate that they have this allergy? Yeah, there are, you know, bracelets or, um, you know, other things you could wear in case you are develop a, a serious reaction, you're not able to verbalize what you're allergic to. The, the most important thing is if you, you know, once you know what you're allergic to is whenever you go to a restaurant or anywhere where you're going to have prepared foods, you need to instruct the waiter and the chef that what you're allergic to so there isn't any accidental contamination. Okay, well, Dr. Smith, thank you for being here today. If someone wants to go to you to, for testing, is there a number they can call? Yes, they can call the Asthma Center at 718-960-3100. Okay, great. Well, thank you for joining us today at SBH Bronx Health Talk. For information on available services at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. And thank you for being here today. Okay, thank you.